Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Hey everybody, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. We have a special show for you this week, featuring the beautiful voice of American country music singer and songwriter Susie Boggess. Also this week, Brooks Blevins will profile an original Ozark ballad, and I'll be going down to the vault to listen to some cool old song that Mark Jones has dug up for us. All that this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Susan K. Susie Bogus is a beautiful woman with a really beautiful voice. She began her career in the early 1980s as a solo singer, and since then has topped the country charts with some great songs. Last summer, she appeared here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park, where we recorded the music that you'll hear today. Let's listen to a set of four great songs from Susie Bogus. You just get burned We don't have to feel like dirt anymore No love's not earned Baby, it's our turn
Well, you know, that was, um, you know, that was a whirlwind. You know, obviously, you know, once you um, hit sort of that tipping point or whatever it is, and there's so much going on, you have a lot of people working around you, and, um, you know, you've got a huge team, not just, a you know, your small unit. Um, and it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to describe, but I enjoyed the ride. But I have to say that when I came back to being more in control and being able to stay after and talk to my audience, and it wasn't just so about the celebrity side of things, it was a much more comfortable place for me, maybe because of the way I grew up, maybe because of the way I like to share music. Um, but I never, I never did feel comfortable on the big giant arena stages in front of 15,000 people and, you know, someone telling me you need to be on the left side of the stage so the blue spotlight can hit you here. I just, it just never was really my um, uh, affinity or whatever. I just didn't ever feel like I'm being myself now. And um, I, I'm very grateful for it because it allows me to be able to travel around the country and play a lot of places where people recognize my crazy name. But, but at the same time, I am much happier um, sort of in my own little path, you know? She'll take the painting in the hallway The one she did in junior high And that old Get ready. 
this um, this particular venue is like one of the my favorite places that I've ever experienced. I, I really didn't know what to, to expect the first day that we came up here. And, uh, you know, coming into the park and everything, I'm kind of a park person. I spent a, a bunch of time uh, in a camper truck in the state parks around the country, you know, when I was cutting my teeth as a performer. And um, so when I got up here, I was just like, well, this is incredibly beautiful. I mean, I wish I could stay for a whole week, you know, so that I could do these trails and all this other stuff that goes along with it. But, but then I got into the show and I realized that these people are cultivated. This audience already, they've been nurtured and loved and they, um, um, they have fed back what they wanted the, the, um, the venue to bring to them and stuff. And so you end up with a really spontaneous night that's give and take. Every, the audience is as much a part of how the night unfolds as the people on the stage. We believed in fairy tales that day. I watched your father give you away. Your aim was true in the pink bouquet. castle in the sand well, through the years and the kids and the jobs and the dreams that lost their way do you ever stop and wonder do you ever just Does it fit you now? 
the more I got into performing um, in the, the area where I was going to college in, in central Illinois, um, and my friends were playing in bluegrass bands, and I had friends that were playing in blue, blues bands and things like this. The more that I hung out and jammed with these people and the more that we just conversed about things, the more I would learn about the background of music. And that is like such a remarkable part of the sharing of music for me. I remember, you know, even hearing huge records like Linda Ronstadt or Emmylou Harris teaching you about Hazel Dickens, or I learned about Hank Williams from Linda Ronstadt, you know? And then I couldn't get enough. Um, and I just think that's part of the um, excitement about learning music and, and sharing it. And, and again, that just it, that harkens back to the what I was saying about um, being able to talk to people after the show, and I missed that mm -hmm. camaraderie of someone else who loves the music as much as I love it. Because people still turn me on to musicians and people who have incredible voices or their the mastery of their instrument, whatever it is that emotionally excites me and gets me like inspired to go back and learn some more myself. Because I don't want to get to the place where I don't like music anymore because it becomes about money or commerciality. I like music. I want to always like music. I don't want to be standing here with this ticket for this outbound plane Cause I've been here before and somehow this doesn't feel the same Talk is cheap so we can talk all night long and we may never just where you love went wrong and I don't want to be standing here and I don't want to be talking here and I don't really care who's to blame Cause if love won't fly on its own free will It's gonna get that outbound pain Don't 
country music star Susie Boggess singing four of her most requested songs. The John Hyatt song, Drive South, Letting Go, Hey Cinderella, and a great song written by Nancy Griffith and Tom Russell, Outbound Plane. After this break, it'll be time for a trip down into the vault to see my old friend Mark Jones, after which we'll go back to the Susie Boggess concert recorded last summer. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. about this time, I like to go down to the vault and visit with my old buddy, Mark Jones. Mark is in charge of all our recordings that we keep down in the vault, and every week he picks out some new old-time tune that was recorded here in the early days. Let's go down and see what he's got for us this week. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Dave, I'm doing okay. Right now, I'm a little confused, though. What's that? Well, do you know what this word fiddlesticks... Do you know what that means? Well, when I was growing up, if somebody said fiddlesticks, usually that meant fooey or, or you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but, but around here, I think fiddlesticks are those little sticks that they use sometimes to bang on the strings of a fiddle to add a little rhythm to the tune. Um, it's a, it makes a neat sound if you don't use too big of a stick. I think uh, sometimes people use knitting needles, uh, uh, real heavy broom corn. Um, in my banjo case, I carry a couple little sticks that I whittled out of pine. They're like eighth-inch square sticks, and they're just about the right weight for playing fiddlesticks. The reason that I was asking that is I run across Jimmy Driftwood is introducing Onus Morrison and his sister, Gertie, and uh, I hadn't really listened to it just yet to figure out, but... If you don't care, let's me and you listen to it, and we'll see what we think of fiddlesticks. Oh, and this is from when? When was this recorded? This was during the year of 1973. Ah, the year the Folk Center opened up. Well, this will be interesting to listen to. Onus Morrison and his sister, Gertie. Now, there was a time back yonder when many times when we had dances, you just played the fiddle, and that is all. 
didn't have any guitar or anything to help. And then somebody came up with the idea of beating the fiddle strings with some sticks. So we got fiddle sticks, and they tell me Shakespeare said that, so I guess it's all right. And right up here now, I want the people to kind of see how that's done. They're going to play Sugar Hill, and Gertie Zinn, who is Onus Marsh's sister, is going to beat the strings. was pretty neat. Mark, what, what tune were they playing? That was a tune called Sugar Hill. Oh, yeah, an old fiddle tune. And, of course, when when you use fiddlesticks, the fiddler would stand in a normal position and play the fiddle, and the fiddlestick player would generally stand to the right of that fiddler and whack on those strings and Just try to... Bounce. That's right, bounce. Bounce those. it in a rhythmic pattern. That's right, and try not to whack the fiddler on the knuckles. <laughs> I bet that would hurt. Well, Mark, that was great hearing Onus Morrison play again, along with his sister Gertie. Th- thanks so much for digging that up for us. Thank you. In the 1990s, Susie Boggus released one platinum and three gold albums and charted six top ten singles, winning the Academy of Country Music's award for top new female vocalist and the Country Music Association's coveted Horizon Award. Here are three more songs from Susie. Her original song, Just Like the Weather, a song by Cheryl Wheeler called Aces, and Ian Tyson's great Someday Soon. The wind is blowing from a new direction. You're thinking about going, I know. It's been a long season and hard on our affection. There's no reason to let go Turn a place 
Before we had, you you know, churches all over our country when people were first settling, they would do these camp meetings for their church services and they had these booklets that they would make and they would just have the shapes because not everyone could read music on a staff. It really allowed everyone to participate and a pet peeve of mine right now is like the idea of American Idol and these shows that have young people competing against each other all the time. I found when I was trying to go around to some of the schools with the folk songs that a lot of kids felt intimidated because they couldn't do all of the riffs vocally that the hot vocalist was at the time. They felt like they couldn't sing because their voice was not cut out to do that or they had not been schooled to do that and they didn't want to sing they were shy about it and it hurt me to think that we've turned music into a competition instead of a joyful you know experience that we can share together and sort of lift our voices to just if nothing else get rid of stress you know get rid of the worries of the world but everybody together it's not a competition And it wasn't like that when I was growing up. I mean, you know, there was bad singers and good singers. It didn't matter, you know? It's not like we said, you know, such and such, you have to be quiet. (laughs) You're not singing in tune with us. We just all kind of blasted it out there together. You're ready to run 
You know, but the, I think the first thing that happened for me was that my friend Chet Atkins got sick. And I had been hounding him for a couple of years to please make a record with me. And he kept saying, you can't do it right now. Because he, you know, he had a background of being a record producer and a, a label head. And he was like, you're in your heyday. Right now is when everything is shining and it's beautiful. You need to make the most of it. And he wouldn't do it. But when he got sick, he called me and said... I think it's time. And so I dropped everything, you know, and fortunately, both record labels, his and mine, were 
totally okay with us just spending that time and just being together in a bittersweet uh, situation where we got to really hang together a lot. And we'd been that kind of buddies for a long time where we would just sit on the back porch and share a Michelob and, and uh, you know, like play through old fake books. And yeah. I mean, all, we both had a real love for old songs, any kind of songs, old cowboy songs, old songs from the 30s and 40s or whatever. And um, and I actually have a lot of uh, cassette tapes of those. Um, recently, my husband put some of that stuff together for me and put it on my phone. And uh, just when I need a little dose of Chet, I got him in my ear saying something goofy and dry, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that, way I think, was the first um, step off that I took. But my label fought, kind of fell apart at that point. Uh, my label head, Jimmy Bowen, um, got cancer and was sick as well. And so um, I just kind of, you know, I, I was going to have a baby. And I kind of just said, you know, this is a good, as good a time as any for me to just like sort of step back and take a little uh, view of where I am and what I want to do. And, and, uh, and I haven't regretted one thing, you know. Ages 21 Comes from down in southern Colorado Just out of the service He's looking for his fun Someday soon Going with him Someday soon
We've been listening to Nashville, Tennessee's Susie Boggess, recorded on our stage here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. After a short break, Dr. Brooks Blevins will profile the first in a series of three Ozark regional ballads. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. America has a rich ballad tradition. There was a time when our forebears commemorated just about every remarkable event or person in song, from great battles to the sinking of ships and from war heroes to memorable villains. Some of those ballads achieved a popularity far beyond the confines of their subjects' home areas. People across the nation in the late 19th and early 20th centuries sang of the exploits of Jesse James and Cole Younger, their ballads, like the stories of their lives, transcended the Missouri Valley that they called home. But not all ballads became bigger than the regions that spawned them. Some recounted tragedies, and in true ballad fashion, they were almost always tragedies, that have long since faded into the mists of history. The stories behind some remain so obscure today that people living in the communities where the tragedies took place rarely have any knowledge of the old songs or the events that inspired them. The Ozark region has its regional ballads. In this first of three installments on regional ballads, we'll go back in the hills to find stories that inspired songs. A Van Buren County, Arkansas farmer wrote two of them about the alleged murder of drifter Connie Franklin in 1929 and set them to the melodies of popular tunes of the day. In 1953, Ozark music collector John Quincy Wolf Jr. recorded two sisters-in-law in Cleburne County, Arkansas, singing a ballad called The Drowning of the Hebrew Springs Boy. Attributed to brothers George and Granville Poole, this ballad, apparently little known outside of this immediate area, recounted the death more than half a century earlier of a young man named Rufus Parrott. Speculation over the cause of the drowning ranged so widely that it is probable that no one was quite sure why young Rufus Parrott met his end in the waters of the Devil's Fork of the Little Red River. Some claimed that he was pushed to his death by a brother, others that the despondent teenager drowned himself after being spurned by a girl. 
The family's claim that Parrot's death was accidental seems the most logical explanation of all, if also the least dramatic. Another Ozark tragedy commemorated in ballad form took place in Carroll County, Arkansas in 1887. That was the year that saw the burning of the jailhouse in the town of Berryville and the death of its one inmate. Despite being the son of a respected doctor in the little village of Carrollton, Floyd Eddings was what we in the Ozarks might call a rounder, a youngster who seemed to find trouble wherever he went. According to the ballad, Eddings stole an overcoat from a mercantile in his hometown, after which he was arrested and thrown in the county's Eastern District Jail in Berryville. His father, Doc Eddings, had grown weary of coming to Floyd's rescue and bailing him out of his scrapes with the law, and on this occasion, Doc decided to let the young man stew for a while in jail and suffer for his misdeeds. According to the commonly accepted version of events, at some point during the night, Floyd Eddings started a fire in an apparent attempt to burn himself out of the jailhouse. What he used to set the fire and how he got it remains unclear, but start the fire he did. Unfortunately for young Eddings, the fire didn't burn the hole he'd hoped and began consuming the whole structure instead. Wrapping himself in a blanket in a futile attempt to stave off the inferno's searing heat, Eddings yelled for help. Hearing Floyd's cries from inside the jail, the owner of a nearby hotel rode across town to the home of the jailer, the only person in town with a key that could save the inmate's life. The careless jailer, or plagued jailer as he's identified in the ballad, refused to act with a sense of urgency and even chose to walk to the jailhouse instead of riding his horse, sealing poor Floyd Eddings's fate. Whether or not the jailer acted so callously, and whether or not there was even an urgent ride to his home that night, we'll likely never know for certain, but it does add an additional layer of tragedy to a tragic ballad. Once well circulated in northwestern Arkansas and southwestern Missouri, Floyd Eddings, or the boy that burned in the Berryville Jail, appears in a number of Ozark folk song collections. John Quincy Wolfe Jr. and Max Hunter both recorded two versions of the song, and Mary Parler collected no fewer than seven. One of the singers who performed the ballad for Wolfe was Carroll County native Fred High, who remembered the event from his childhood and who became something of a minor folk celebrity in the Ozarks in the 1950s, calling High a remnant of an almost forgotten age, a feature writer for the Arkansas Gazette noted of the old-timer, Everybody in North Arkansas knows Fred High, for he seldom misses a fair, festival, picnic, public sale, apple-peeling, corn-husking, or other public gathering. But Mr. High, bless his heart, couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. You can hear his rendition of the regional ballad online in Lyon College's John Quincy Wolfe Jr. Folklore Collection. We'll listen instead to one of the seven different versions recorded by University of Arkansas folklorist Mary Parler, here is Ed Alford of Del Mar, Arkansas, singing Floyd Eddings in a recording made on January 3rd, 1960. My name is Floridning, the son of old dog. Death truly disowned me, but I'm one of his flock. I went to Green Park. I hard to work. They came and handcuffed me and took me to court. They summoned the jury, never cost him one cent. 
Back down to old Barrow to jail I was sent. I wrote to my father, I thought it'd be well. He never came nigh me, so bid him farewell. No father, no mother, no money, no friend. They left me here lonely, myself to defend. The jail caught on fire, I hollowed for help. The plagued old jailer just lied there and slept. The plagued old sinner, he went for his key. He did the same to care, his forehead burned me. I wrapped in my blanket, I threw myself down. No one came nigh me till the jailhouse burned down. No father, no mother, no money, no friend. They left me here lonely, myself to defend. Thanks, Brooks. Today's featured artist, Susie Boggus, was influenced by Amy Lou Harris, Linda Ronstadt, and Dolly Parton. Today she is influencing a whole new generation of young female performers with the timeless songs she's recorded. Here are three more great songs from Susie Boggus. Let's check the scan. I traveled around for five years in a camper truck with a dog and doing the whole, you know, booking myself in for the next week and place to place and, and kind of the troubadour kind of uh, thing. And 
I, you know, kind of came to this revelation when I was up on a mountain in, <laughs> in uh, Montana that, gosh, I don't have any health insurance. <laughs> Maybe I need to get serious about what I'm going to do with my life. And um, so I called some friends who had moved to Nashville, and one of them was working at a, uh, just like a little rib restaurant. And the other one was doing demos for a, a publisher. And I got hired on to do both. Of, uh, I got the Sunday and Monday night at the restaurant. And I got um, to do $10 demos for the publishers. Um, and that's how I kind of got my foot in the door and started to learn about how does the music business work. Because before that, really, it was more important to me about where my next live gig was. Oh, I long to hear you away rolling on river Oh Shenandoah I long to hear you away I bound away cross the Missouri to seven long years since last I Coming back to that, after the music business has changed so much, I feel very fortunate that I, I, you know, I think I got a pretty good understanding of how the the business worked during that time period that I was in the middle of it. 
But at the same time, because I had this background of sort of, you know, hand to mouth, gas money and all that kind of thing from one place to the next, it's really come in handy for that sort of ride down the roller coaster where you're kind of going, I still know how to do this. Yeah. And it doesn't seem um, any lesser to me. I don't feel like, oh, I'm not as, I'm not as hot as I used to be, or I'm not as, um, you know, um, bookable or anything like that. I just look for the places that fit with my, what I have to offer, and it fits great. I feel good. I feel like, um, you know, this is the way it's always been done. You know, you, you know, if you could work around your your local area, you know, that was a great fit. You know. Um, it just happens to be that because I got around the country, I can go to more cities around the country. But if I was still working in a local range of 100 to 200 miles like I was when I first started, I'd still be playing music. That's what I'm supposed to do.
That was Susie Baga singing The Other Side of the Hill, Shenandoah, and I Want to Be a Cowboy's Sweetheart, a song written and first recorded by Arkansas native Patsy Montana. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and the wonderful singing of Susie Boggess. You can always learn more about our show and listen to past shows by logging into OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. For all of us here at Ozark Highlands Radio, I'm Dave Smith. I'll see you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974, and by Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. More information online at ArkansasStateParks.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.